This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, hello, how are you doing? Welcome to Sustainable-ish. Now, something different for you again (laughs) this week, because more change and uncertainty is just what we all need at the moment, am I right? (laughs) No, I am very much wrong, but I'm really hoping that you enjoy this week's episode. It is a live recording done from the virtual podcast stage at Future Fest, can't even say it. An amazing online event put on by Pebble magazine that happened at the beginning of November, all about the solutions and the people who are going to drive the change to net zero. Now, when I was invited to take part in the podcast stage or on the podcast stage, it took me a while to work out what it was I wanted to talk about and who I wanted to chat to. But then in what was almost an actual low carbon LED light bulb moment, I realised it was you guys. It can be all too easy, I think, to feel like the solutions and the people who are going to drive this change to net zero are somehow superhuman people, those who are setting up amazing circular fashion businesses or pioneering new technology. It's very easy to overlook the fact that you and me, ordinary knackered people juggling ordinary jobs and kids and laundry and cooking endless meals, that we also play a huge role in creating a different future. So I put a post out in the Knackered Mums Eco Clubhouse asking for volunteers to come and to chat with me about their experiences of getting started with sustainable-ish changes, their successes and their failures too. I wanted to feel like we were sitting around my kitchen table albeit via Zoom and with people watching, with a cuppa and sharing our stories and our challenges and having a laugh and hopefully inspiring some other people to get started too because it's so important that we recognise that we are part of the solution, that the people making changes are ordinary people like us. There's no secret superhero breed that are secretly wearing special green pants that give them extraordinary powers. There's just normal people who've dared to care, who are bumbling along like the rest of us, making one change at a time. And that that really does matter. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to... I don't know if this is the first live recording, certainly that we've done in this kind of setting for the Sustainable-ish podcast. So just a very brief intro. I'm Jen. I am an ordinary knackered mum of two. I run Sustainable-ish, which is all about embracing the imperfection, I guess, in our eco-actions and 
making a start, finding out what works for us and for our families, which might not be the kind of prescribed gold standard that everybody says we should be meeting. And on this podcast, I chat to inspiring people about the changes that they're making and the things that they're doing to sort of create a brighter future. And one of the things I'm really passionate about is the fact that we're all part of the solution regardless of whether we see ourselves as green or otherwise, and that we don't have to be a sort of fully fledged greenie who's living off grid and weaving their own yogurt in order to make a difference. And that's why I'm so excited to be joined today by three of the members of my Knackered Mums Eco Club, because I think it's really important that we are all able to make changes despite the different challenges and circumstances and things that we've got going on. And I hope that the guys who are joining me today won't mind me saying that they're not experts, um, just in the same way that I'm not an expert, I'm not an environmental scientist or anything like that. But I think, again, that's just so important that we make the point that we don't need to be experts. We don't need to be a certain type of person or fulfill a certain type of stereotype in order to make a change. So we're going to be chatting today a bit about how everybody got started, about the changes that they've made, the things that they found easy, the things that they haven't, the challenges that they still have, the conversations that are really hard to have. And I really hope that this will inspire some other people to, to kind of have a go and to make a start and to do um, their own little bit. So I'm going to channel my inner Scylla and go around and ask everybody, what's your name and where would you come from? So Helen, shall we start with you? Welcome. Hi, I'm Helen. Um, I live in Cheshire. I am mum to Dominic, age six. Um, that's about it, really. Knackered <laughs> <laughs> are you, Helen? Oh, really? Yeah, definitely this week. <laughs> definitely. Um, tea or coffee? Oh, both. Not necessarily in the same mug. So, you know, sometimes I feel that would just be helping. Yeah, tea and, tea and coffee. Uh, and favourite tipple? Ooh, I'm very partial to real beer, actually. Oh, bitter, yeah. Brilliant. But obviously most things. Excellent. Lovely. Um, thank you so much. And I will say this to, to all three of you for joining me, because I know, you know, I do this every week and um, and I still get a little bit nervous. And I was a little bit nervous this morning. So thank you all for joining me and um, for stepping up and for volunteering. It's amazing. Um, Jane, over to you. Well, we know your yeah. name's Jane because I just said it, but <laughs> whereabouts are you? Hi, yeah, I'm Jane and I am currently, well, I am in Southampton, just outside Southampton. I've got slightly older children. Mine are a 21-year-old and a 14-year-old girl. They've just stampeded upstairs as I'm talking. Um, you'd think older children would be quieter, not so much. And yeah, pretty knackered, really, this year, all things considered. And I suppose I've been trying to be a bit more sustainable and a bit bit less of a carbon footprint for about a year now. Okay. So it's been quite an interesting year, all ground. Yes, <laughs> COVID and everything else yeah. um, not permitting. Um, tea or coffee, Jane? Uh, currently coffee, but I will drink tea as well. <laughs> I'll take whatever's offered. <laughs> uh, Favourite tipple? Uh, red wine. Red wines. We've got red wine. We're quite, it's, it's quite a sophisticated bunch at the moment. Gonna... <laughs> Brilliant. Diane, welcome to you. Whereabouts are you joining us from? Uh, so I'm located just near Wigan, um, Lancashire. Diane, I want to say, like when I when I sort of put the call out for volunteers in our group, you said, "Oh, I don't, I don't think I can come on because my voice sounds like the voice of a pie." I think you said, <laughs> "What a pie would sound like if it could talk." 
I don't, I don't, you don't look, oh, you don't sound like a pie to me. Um, I'm crying. Your telephone voice. Amazing. Um, now you don't have children of your own. Is that right? That's correct. I have two stepchildren. Um, so Amelia, who's 19, we don't really see her very much um, anymore. And Lucas, who's 11. Um, I've been married to their dad for the last three years. Uh, we've been together for about eight years. So Luke, I've, I've missed nappies altogether, <laughs> which has been wonderful. Um, I only have to do the stressful stuff at the weekends, which again is brilliant. <laughs> um, but um I don't know. Yeah, I feel Brilliant. like they're a fraud sometimes because I'm only a part-timer. Oh, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. It begins a completely different um, sort of uh, perspective to it, I think. Uh, how knackered are you? Um, oh, two jobs on the go at the moment. So I'm, I'm about nine. <laughs> about a nine. Brilliant. We always have, whenever anyone comes and joins the Knackered Mums Eco Club, there, there's a, there's a, you know, a barometer. How knackered are you on a scale of one to ten? Ten being the most knackered. So Diane's quite up there at the moment. Tea or coffee, Diane? Coffee before three, tea afterwards. Oh, very. Um, <laughs> very strict. Very strict. Uh, Favourite tipple? Well, like a Bailey's at Christmas. Like a Bailey's at Christmas. Who doesn't like a Bailey's at Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Now, because we're talking to you, Diane, I'm going to kick off with the first question to you. Can you remember your um, eco-epiphany? Somebody asked me this and used that term the other day, and I really liked it. So the thing that was your sort of epiphany the thing that made you realize that actually you had a part to play in this and um, you needed to start making some changes can you remember what that was well I remember when I was younger um I always just sort of overly cared about the planet and stuff and I always I was always getting very upset about it I remember going on a protest with my parents about stopping a development at the end of our street but then you become an adult and everything just gets really really busy and everything seems to be more important and I forgot all about it earlier this year bit bored, stuck at home, well, working from home. And I kept seeing these adverts popping up um, on my Facebook feed for um, moon cups. I thought, right, I'm, I'm going to do a bit of research in this. It was sort of pushing them towards me for the uh, the health benefits of mm-hmm. it. And I stumbled across your podcast, and it was one you'd done with um, Lauren from Where Are My Pads? Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, and it was really funny, and it was really good, and there was all these points coming up, and I thought, it just sort of, these light bulbs started going off of like, how much are we all throwing away mm. every day? How much is going to landfill? Um, not just like period related, mm, mm. but absolutely everything. And I started looking around and thinking, well, my shampoo bottles, I'm throwing them away. And they they just they go off to away. But the things that you're throwing away that you want to use once, they use they take raw materials to make and mm. other energies to make and things like that for us to just use once and throw away. And it was just this huge revelation. I was like, oh my God, has somebody told the prime minister about this? This is a disaster. I've run out of everything. <laughs> Does anybody else know? <laughs> so I started looking into it a bit more. Um, and yeah, there's whole communities of people that actually know what's going on and can help <laughs> the other way um so yeah that was my eco epiphany amazing oh I love that I absolutely love that um Jane can you remember what yours was well I was thinking about this I don't think I actually had an eco epiphany I think it was more of a drip feed it would be things like the David Attenborough factor Mm. various documentaries over the last couple of years that I've watched on the on the news and stuff Greta Thunberg phenomenon that came and you think well she's halfway between my daughter's ages and she's doing this phenomenal myth and I'm this middle-aged mum sitting there going it's the government that have to do it and it's it's a big businesses have to do it and realizing that we can all do something to make Mm. it a bit 
So I suppose, yeah, probably about a year ago, I decided that I really needed to do something rather than leaving it all to the, my daughter's generation and go, it's your problem. When yeah. you get to my age, you can sort it out. So, yeah, it was a gradual thing. And then the epiphany came, I suppose, when I realised, yeah, exactly, as, as Diane said, you know, all that stuff I'm putting in my green bin and going, gosh, aren't I good, I'm recycling, still has a carbon impact. Mm. I need to reduce that as well. A lot of people will relate to that sort of drip, drip, drip thing. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we all sit there and watch the David Attenborough documentaries and feel awful and feel really guilty. But then, as Diane said, life's busy and things take over. And, and I guess maybe we just reach this sort of tipping point of those, those drips and we reach a point where we, we um, start to take action. And um, Helen, how about you? Yeah, I'm I'm on the drip, drip, drip kind of side of it as well. I, mean, I was thinking about this and I remember when I was about kind of 13 or so, it's a very long time ago, um, <laughs> I was quite into recycling. And I was like, that's quite forward thinking in a way. But yes, you know, we used to um, collect milk bottle lids, uh, you know, for the, um, I think, guide dogs. Yeah. Like that. So we were doing quite a bit. Um, so I've always been a little bit kind of involved with recycling. But yes, it's... You know, it's the the Attenborough programs. It's it's friends actually. Friends have had a really big influence on me. Oh, wow! One friend just said, "I'm going to go plastic free for January," and did it. She's wow! Like, I'm not plastic free, anything. I'm not buying any plastic for January. And it's like, whoa, okay. And she was kind of you know talking about it. It's like, well, I'm not the same person. But if she can do that, mm. and then she's kind of just stuck with it. She's amazing. It's like, well, if she can do some, you know, all that, I can mm. do a little bit. And another friend is, you know, a really keen cyclist. And it's like, she's she's no different to me. She just tries harder on her bike. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm getting there. I think she's quite proud of me now. I'm getting there. But um, yes, and and this year as well, you know, the, the fact that we have been forced to reduce our carbon footprint in a way, well, I have. So basically, we've been told, don't drive anywhere. Mm. So it's been a really good opportunity to, you know, get out on the bike a bit more and stop using so much stuff and I just I out of everything bad after this year I don't want to lose the positives yes I want to keep going um so I've probably stepped up my efforts over the last 18 months to two years yeah amazing and I that point you just made about your friends I think that's so important because for those of us who are already taking action we can be those friends we can be those ones who inspire other people in our circle around us. I know Georgina talks a lot about this, about this ripple effect. And that's, you know, partly where Pebble came from, dropping a pebble in and these ripples. And sometimes we won't even know about those ripples. I talk about this a lot. You might share something on social media and, and somebody reads it, but they don't react to it. And they don't, you know, they don't comment on it, but you just don't know. And they come bouncing up to you six months later and said, oh, I saw your thing about cycling to work or your plastic free January or whatever it was. And I decided, um, so I think that's really, really important thing to, to bear in mind. Helen, can you remember what the first sustainable change or kind of, I guess, sort of significant change was that you made? Um, I guess in the last 18 months to two years, I think the, the first big thing was um, buying Who Gives a Crap toilet paper. Love it. I, I was so scared about it. I procrastinated about it for ages and I do not know why, because all you have to do is click on a box and pay some money. <laughs> Isn't that funny that we'd be so like we're scared of change, aren't we? We're scared of changing Absolutely. our new role. Yeah, um, and shampoo bar as well. Eventually, I plucked up the courage, and the lady who was doing kind of plastic-free goods in the local area, I just I ordered one off her, and yeah, and I've kind of kept going, you know. And and once you make the first change, then the second one is easier. Yeah, and it just, it just even changes ripple as well. So yeah, toilet paper and shampoo bar, I think. 
And your hair looks amazing. So what, because I know so many people struggle with shampoo bars. I really struggle with shampoo bars. I've just discovered Kind 2, who I know is on a podcast later on. But um, have you got one you can recommend for people? I actually like Lush. Probably. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, the shampoo, um, the shampoo bar from Lush, it's a seaweed one. I found that it actually it does lather quite nicely, which mm. I think there's a negative impact to that. But um other shampoo bars, I've actually just spent so long in the shower trying to do a <laughs> shampoo bar. And I'm like, this isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Lush shampoo bar um, is good. And then it's a coconut conditioner from the local refill shop. Oh, brilliant. So, um, again, that one takes quite a long time. So I've started turning the shower off when conditioning my hair. Ooh. And then I can take 10 minutes to do it. I get cold. But <laughs> that's how I've managed to shorten my showers by turning it off whilst I try and work this blooming conditioner through it but so it's a, it's a solid conditioner bar it's a solid conditioner uh, okay bar, yeah. so i've managed to manage to well it's worth it because you look like you should be on a you know a timothy advert to be honest oh, well, <laughs> um jane can you remember feel. say again it's not how i feel oh bless you <laughs> um jane how about you what was your first big change um, so the first one was, um, oh gosh, probably 10 years ago, uh, switching to Riverford um, Veg Box delivery. My mum gave a year's worth, which was a very generous wow. Christmas. And then we kept it going after that. And also I read a book about uh, meat manufacturing. And so again, probably 10 years ago, stopped buying any meat that wasn't organic. I know <laughs> probably, hand on heart, we should have stopped buying meat full stop, but but yeah you know that's it's the ish it's the ish and that was that was the compromise so organic meat and eating less of it so but more recently it is the toilet paper it's who gives a crap that was that was one of the first ones and um and like yeah it's so easy to do as was switching my energy provider I had put that in the too difficult pile for months if not years and then suddenly you go I'm going to do this and five minutes later I now I'm with a green energy supplier and it's so easy yeah yeah kicking myself that didn't do it sooner I think I think absolutely so many people put that in the in the too hard box it's like moving bank accounts and things as well isn't it and I don't know what the fear is whether the fear is we're going to be cut off or um it just feels like it's going to be a a hard work and it's a really dull grown-up thing to do isn't it but as you say like five minutes you know if it's a bit complicated maybe half an hour um and then you're done and you don't have to worry about it and you can sit and feel smug so that's amazing <laughs> Diane you've already talked about your moon cup and actually that was my first um eco switch as well after having our eldest who's now 12 did you say what came next I can't remember um I'd sort of unplastic to my bathroom so conditioner bars just switched to soap in general I switched my toilet paper but the, the, again that came with like massive debate and loads of procrastinating <laughs> But debate with your other half or with myself internal debate <laughs> this is so funny well, it, you'll have seen it on your groups the amount of times that what's the most sustainable time oh i know yeah yeah, yeah yeah but you've got to look at uh miles whether mm. it's recycled where it's made and you're like well is there a right decision or should i just no. andrex from the supermarket <laughs> and in the end i went with uranus wiper because the name made me laugh yes oh my god my kids would love that <laughs> and you're completely right I think sometimes we don't make changes because it feels so difficult to know what the right change is to make and so as you say it almost feels easier just to sort of put our heads back in the sand and go god I'm just going to stick with Andrex because you know I can't do right for doing wrong because 
Some people are telling me that who gives a crap is coming from China and blah, blah, blah. And I think sometimes we just need to make a decision. And is it, is it Maya Angelou talks about, you know, we, we, we can't change what we don't know or we sort of do our best until we know better and then we change. And so that's just just like make a change. And then if you learn something a bit different about it, make another change. Um, but I think, as Helen said, that that first change almost creates ripples for the other changes. So I think that's that's absolutely huge as well. What's been the easiest change, Diane? I think just a shift in general to not buying stuff. Mm, and that's been easy. Yeah, really. Wow. Well, sort of. It's just a bit boring. I see why there are so many blogs on people making a switch to sustainable living. And they're all fantastic blogs. I love reading them. But when you sat there thinking, oh, I can't go shopping because I'm being more sustainable. It's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to write about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, I have found that quite easy. And it takes a lot of, like, my mind has become a lot emptier <laughs> in the best way. Because it's like, oh, should I buy this? Should I buy that? I'll just, I'll do without. Yeah. And making those sorts of decisions, it's just freed up so much headspace. So what have you filled that headspace and that time with? Like, because, you, you know, it's a bit, sometimes shopping is a, a um, you know, it's a, it's a time filler. It can be a social activity, all those kinds of things. Have you struggled to fill it with something else? No, um, I'm baking a lot more. Oh. I bake my own bread, baking cakes, so then I don't have to buy plastic wrapped stuff. Yes. I've grown an avocado tree from a seed. It's I saw different. that. I'm so excited about <laughs> it. Someone said to me, you do know it's going to be 10 to 20 years before you actually get any fruit on it. I'm like, I don't care. It's alive. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm crocheting gifts. I'm, I'm making chutney this weekend. And so I'm not short of things to do. Um, Amazing. Oh, I love that. You've like, you're properly channeling your inner. You're probably too young to remember the good life, are you? And Barbara Gooden. <laughs> Jane, what's been your easiest change? Um, I will have to say probably the electricity was one of mm. these because it was so simple. Um, and then again, it's the stop buying stuff. It was, I thought, I don't need all this stuff. It was, it was a habit. I would meet a friend yes. who was a shopping queen and we would automatically go around the, the local um, shopping centre and go into every shop and she'd make me buy things even though I didn't need them. And I'd look at the end as she was saying goodbye and she'd have one small bag of the thing that was on her list and I'd have 12 bags of things I didn't plan to buy. <laughs> so I do still see her, but now we go... I was going to say, are you still friends with her? <laughs> I'm friends with her, but now what we do is we go and we paint pottery at a local cafe because oh. that will take you know several hours and we'll have a good catch-up and we have produced something rather than just spending money. Obviously, we're not doing that at the moment, what with lockdown, but yeah. it's a list for post-lockdown, so... Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So um, I, I just want to be handing out gold stars. You're all like, um, oh, I found it really easy to not shop. That's amazing, because I think a lot of people would find that the hardest thing. How about you, Helen? Um, I was thinking about this. Um, and there are two things, the first of which, when my son was born um, six years ago, actually dressing him in secondhand clothes, was pretty, I found pretty easy. Mm. Um, it, a lot of people were very generous with giving me secondhand clothes. Um, but yeah, most, I'd say kind of 90% of the stuff he's worn is secondhand. And as he's got older, I've kind of started to buy more newer stuff. And then this year it's like, no, no, go back to the secondhand stuff. So that's been good. Because children fit into clothes, don't they? It doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. And, but I think it, it does get harder as they get older. I find, my eldest is now 12 
And it's only kind of the odd bits or pieces I pick up in the in the charity shop now. And I'm not quite sure why that is. And there seems to be a massive gap in the market as well. I don't know if you found this, Jane, with older children for um, for anything sort of ethical or sustainable for teenagers. There's a really great range for maybe under 10s. And then obviously you can go into the adult stuff. But there's this massive gap that somebody needs to fill for, for teenagers. Jane, I'm going to come to you first because I'm aware that you keep being the one in the middle. Um, so what's been your hardest change? Um, the hard, what, hardest change that I've actually done? Yes. Okay, that would be changing uh, my savings into a sustainable bank because I hadn't even thought about it until this year about where my money goes once mm. it's in this account is what that money is used for by the bank yeah. to you know, and where they're putting it. And so, yeah, that was, that was harder because the research on that and it was in the too difficult pile and then you yeah. choose something and you can't move on. It's not like I've got thousands in the bank, but you can only move so much at a time. Right. So, so um, yeah, that was probably one of the harder ones I've done. And so, it feels like there's there's a lot at stake as well, doesn't there? Because yeah. obviously you're not just thinking about the ethical considerations. You also want some, hopefully, you know, some kind of return or at least not to lose money on your savings. Well, so that, it does feel... You, it's like trusting your your child. It's not a child, it's far yeah. less important. Child, but it is you know it's what I'm going to live on so yeah I know that it's not going to just disappear into the ether and I'll never see it again so yeah more risks attached to that so that that took a lot of work but I've done it so yeah growing so brilliant yeah. and for those people who who might be thinking well like what's what's wrong with where my savings are um one of the things we've been sort of talking a, a lot about in the sort of sustainable community probably over the last six months or year is the fact that a lot of the high street banks will have um will use our money whether it's in our current accounts or our savings accounts and they're investing them in things like fossil fuels in arms in tobacco in things that we would never in a million years choose to give our money to so actually um moving our money to a more ethical and there are more and more of them around I don't know if you found that, Jane, when you were looking. There's, there's, yeah. There is sort of quite a lot more choice now. Um, but that's a hugely powerful thing to do in terms of reducing your carbon footprint. So that's amazing. Well done for doing that. Diane, how about you? What's been, what's been a difficult thing that you've finally managed? Um, I'm probably with Jane on the financials. Um, mm. I'm my pension. So not companies. It's within the same company, but into a different portfolio that um, supports people as well as sustainable practices. So is that a pension that is um, a company pension that you have signed up to? And how easy, because I know a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm not in control of my pension because it's a company pension. How easy or otherwise was it to have that conversation and to be able to move it? It's a workplace pension. So they've decided which company it's going mm. to. Um, it's, it's all going to legal in general, but we have all the access information to get into our own pensions and see where it is so we can play oh, yeah. back with where it's invested. Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, I went to the, is it the Good With Money? Website. Yes. Yep. Um, and there was an article on in, in there about pensions and workplace pensions, and there was one which listed the funds that were available for different companies. So there's right. one legal in general of sort of what the the best ones are, what the least good ones are. So legal in general are still doing, still investing in unethical things, but you can choose for your money to be. Oh, amazing. Thing. so it, it was it was fiddly it was difficult it was hard to push that okay button because it was mm. my future disappearing yes. am I doing something really silly um but I've done it it's done now I don't have to think about it again yeah brilliant it's, it's still there when I can retire <laughs> and just a little disclaimer actually because someone someone told me off in um when we did the Knackered Mums Eco Tour in, in August, one of the the change, one of the things was to, you know, look at where your savings and move your savings and your pensions. She was like, you shouldn't be telling people to move their pensions. 
obviously, if you're going to move your money around, take advice from a, a financial advisor and don't just take our word for it. <laughs> but it's nice. It's really um, heartening to know that it can be done. Um, Helen, how about you? What's What's been in your two hard box for a long time that you've achieved? Um, that I've achieved. I think it took me a long time to actually take some Tupperware to the butchers. Yes. Um, um, it didn't go that well. They kind of, they basically, they got a piece of plastic and they didn't take my box and put it on the scales and then like put sausages in. Yeah. They, they got a piece of plastic and then put the sausages on it and then tipped that into my box. Um, yeah. And then he came out with some mints and it was in a in a plastic bag that he'd just, he, that he'd done. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm trying to reduce the plastic. But ultimately, because I bought kind of four portions, um, there was less plastic. So, yeah. Um, and that's kind of put me off a little bit because you kind of you just feel a bit weird, don't you? You kind of feel yes. like you're that you've left the shop and they're like, oh, one of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, completely. And but I also think that, you know, the more of us that pluck the courage up to do this, maybe if maybe if you're the third customer that's come in that day and done that. They'll be a bit like, oh, well, may- maybe there is something in this and maybe we ought to look at some ways to to reduce how we're doing this. I know someone who went in and to get a chicken and she took like her biggest saucepan or something like that because it was the only thing it would fit in. And she said, and then she just saw them out the back, take a chicken out of a plastic bag and then put it in her saucepan. <laughs> she was like, oh no. So it is really difficult, but I do think, um, and I completely with you on that uncomfortableness and that not wanting to be the one that they're like, there's the weirdo. But hopefully the more and more of us that do it, the more we can kind of normalise it a little bit. Is there anything that you've tried and spectacularly failed at? I wouldn't say spectacularly. (laughs) Toothbrushes. I've used bamboo toothbrushes for a year. Yeah. And I've just like, no, they just, for me, they don't feel good. They wear out really quickly. And I'm not convinced they brush my teeth as well as, as kind of the normal ones. Yeah. But we do TerraCycle the toothbrushes. And Brilliant. The so. the, um, we don't use bamboo toothbrushes either. None of us kind of liked it. Um, so we've got, um, and actually electric toothbrushes aren't a bad option because you're just replacing the head. So we've got electric toothbrushes. We got one from Georganics and you can send it back, send the heads back to them. But the other thing that, um, I think my husband got me one year for Christmas. This is how exciting and crazy we are. Um, and it's a, a toothbrush head, a toothbrush handle. And you just put like, you just change the head. Okay. And I'm desperately trying to remember who does it, but that might be an option to look at as well because okay. you're literally just changing the head each time. So I will, if I if I remember who it is, I will share it all with you. But yeah, I think as you say, you just have to kind of go with what what feels right. And when it comes to dental health, it's all you know. We don't want our teeth falling out, do we? I did stick with it for a year, though. Yes. Yeah, no, well done. <laughs> yeah. I even got my partner to get one, and then we just after the, after about two months, they'd worn that through completely. It's like no, no, let's let's go back to plastic. We were the same with soap because everyone says you know soap and shampoo bars, and um and I try, honestly we tried for over a year I think, and and then I realised like the kids just weren't washing their hands. My husband kept whinging at me like the shower was, and so we just do the five litre refills now. We buy the big ones and, and refill our own, and and it's about finding what works for you and what works for your family. And as you say, the kind of poster child of, of zero waste would be bamboo toothbrushes and probably soap as well. And and it's okay if those don't work for you because you can find something else. Like you're being really brave and going and doing the Tupperware thing with the butcher, which other people might not be doing. So um, it's all about finding what works for us. Um, Jane, what have you um? failed miserably at sorry that sounds really mean (laughs) so I was just thinking it's so very British and so very female to have a long list of fails that I could leave but my to-da list I probably put two on so yeah the 
biggest fails I have still failed in a year and I know we've had lockdowns and coronavirus and everything still failed to go to a zero waste shop in a whole 12 months so that I think a- you're forgiven that at the moment Jane well they're still open but I yeah just to go so so that's a big fail um coffee cups I don't normally if I go out for a coffee I tend to stop in stop in the coffee shop and have it in a china mm. cup because it's a treat obviously don't do that now but am I remembering to take my reusable cup no no not at all and then the other one is yeah it's toothbrushes we still use the electric toothbrushes but every member of the family has got a bamboo toothbrush for when we go away Ah. so they are used for that amazing you know you talked about soap and shampoo bars and everything I use soap and shampoo bars but none of the rest of the family is but my argument is we're using a quarter less than we've before so so it may not I haven't converted the whole family but at least we're using less but also as well I always say this to people if you lived on your own you'd be like I'm nailing soap and shampoo bars because it would you know it's just you the fact that we haven't we feel this responsibility that we have to convert the whole household otherwise we're failing and I, th- I always say that like just remember if it was just you like you'd be nailing this and 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 that's and you'd feel like you were nailing it you just feel like you're not nailing it because there's three other people in your household who won't accept your benign dictatorship, which is always frustrates me. <laughs> um, Diane, how about you? Any failures? Yes. Shorter showers. Oh. It's it's winter. The shower in the morning is it's it's the only thing worth getting out of bed for <laughs> in a winter on these dark mornings. <laughs> it gets to four minutes and a little alarm goes off and it's like, nope, turn you off. I'm like the snooze button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also giving into my car a little bit more now that it's yeah cold in the morning, um, and it's it's only a twenty minute walk to work, so really there isn't much excuse. I just don't want to sit there being soggy with the rain all day. Yes, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I can understand yeah. that. My willpower is dwindling at the minute, but you know, again, I think God, like life has been hard in 2020. Do you know? Like, I think we also need to be kind to ourselves as well and accept that things will be harder when it's, because it's dark and it's cold and it, we're in lockdown again. And, you know, because um, if we end up, if it ends up being this thing that we resent and that we, um, you know, makes our life really difficult and uncomfortable, then we're not going to stick with it. So it's about finding that compromise is really, really important. And talking of compromises, what are yours? Have you got anything you're sort of really ish about? Yeah. I've had to be a little bit ish on the convenience food. Mm-hmm. I'm doing as much as I can from scratch, but it gets to the weekend and everything's just too busy. Like on uh, Friday, I finish work at four o'clock. I come home, eat, go to sleep, and then start work again at midnight. Wow. Oh, my so God. I have pizzas in the freezer. I justify it by saying they're from Iceland and they did the whole orangutan. Yes, thing. yeah. So I'm supporting someone who's supporting something good. Yes, but, yeah. Yeah, I do have stuff in my freezer that comes in too much packaging that's all, it's probably got huge carbon footprints and whatnot because of where it's travelled from. Um, but I, I can't do without it. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, you're doing a lot more baking and all those kinds of things as well. So it does, um, we have to find that balance. I think that's really important. Um, Jane, have you got an ish? I think I think probably my ish is allowing the like what I was saying before is allowing the family that yeah. it's not it's they could that, mostly they're coming with me on this journey but there are some things that I just can't get past them so one of the ones this year was I'm never going to persuade my husband to have milk delivered in glass bottles we had it before 
he's very much aware of how much more expensive that is. So the compromise is that we buy organic milk from the supermarket yeah. and we can reuse the plastic cartons for other things. Mm -hmm. They were his weights in the garden. Oh, filled amazing. Filled with water, obviously, not empty. Yeah. It's not just empty. <laughs> But um, so that's one of the, the compromises. Mm. Um, and yeah, my daughter, my elder daughter is um, vegan. And so that means that as a family, our meat, you know, most of our meals are now meat and dairy free. But I cannot have oat milk and tea. I'm sorry. Mm. It's not the same. I need a proper cup of tea in the morning. <laughs> and so that's the that's the ish is I have a bit of organic milk in my tea. Yeah. Amazing. I think <laughs> that's not a massive ish, Jane. We'll let you off that. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, have you got any issues? Yeah, I think it's it's the meat consumption. About a year ago, I was trying to do one vegetarian or vegan meal a week. Mm -hmm. And I think we're more like on two now. Brilliant. But, um, so, yeah, and it's little changes. We're getting there. Um, and I don't think we're ever going to make it to full vegetarian. Mm -hmm. uh, but and my son definitely isn't. It's sausage, <sighs> sausage boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sausages or pepperoni. But so that's our ish. It's yeah. And I think a lot of these compromises do come around family, don't they? We've already sort of talked about that a little bit. But how have your family reacted, Helen? I haven't really set out and said, right, we're going to be green or I'm going to do this. Mm. I think that helps. And I think I've managed to sneak quite a lot in without them noticing particularly done it by stealth I love that a little bit like stealth but um but my partner's kind of surprised me a bit in that we used to buy coffee pods um from Amazon mm -hmm. um and even though the actual pods themselves in theory are biodegradable kind of the individual wrappers are not there's no way of recycling them and it was kind of recently he said why don't we kind of look and look at ground coffee again because it and I can't remember why we didn't use ground coffee mm. And and it was he it was him that suggested it. So he is obviously picking up on this. Yeah. Uh, and there's certain things, you know, he's been really up for, you know, milk from the vending machine. Um, and then we also get a bit of pasteurized milk delivered as well. You know, yeah. and he's been onto the website and looked and said, Oh, I can get yogurts from here as well. Oh, amazing. And so he is, yeah. We've just not made a big a big thing of it. But interestingly, my six-year-old, um, he's he's just six, so he's in year one. And he started coming home from school recently and, you know, lecturing me about food waste. Amazing. Which is interesting because <laughs> <laughs> I think we know where all the food waste in the house um, originates from, don't we? Um, and um, yeah, he's getting really aware and he's really aware of recycling. He watches a lot of Gojetters and not Nots, which also helps mm. with this. And I'm able now to talk to him and say, well, you know, this is why I do this and, mm. and this is why we do that and stuff. So, um, Oh, brilliant. That's really interesting that you've sort of not deliberately made a big song and dance about it, because I guess if we sort of say to our families, right, come on, we're going to be green, they're all automatically like, oh, God, everything's going to be turned upside down and we're going to have to have all this change. And, and maybe your other half is automatically kind of ready to on the defensive, you know, ready to kind of go, well, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. But if you just sort of um, show, don't tell, you know, gradually making these changes and sneaking them in. And there's a statistic, I think, that 90% of households consumption choices are made by women and and that's kind of on the one hand quite depressing that we haven't sort of moved on at all in terms of um you know who does the cooking and the cleaning and the shopping and all that sort of thing but on the other hand that gives us a huge amount of power and that we can just you know change the cleaning products we can start to cook with less meat or you know take charge of some of these other things and and make some changes without necessarily anybody really being much the wiser 
Um, and then we can turn around in six months time and be like, ha ha. <laughs> Jane, have you had a similar experience? Yeah, to, to a certain extent. It's, um, I mean, as I say, my 21 year old is vegan. She buys secondhand clothes, etc. And I'm very conscious of the fact that my 14 year old is just at that stage where she's flexing her own retail muscle. Mm. And I don't want to completely deprive her of that by saying you must buy secondhand, etc. Yes. So giving her a bit of slack on that. She is fully resigned to the fact that come Christmas, her stocking will be full of um, bamboo socks and uh, <laughs> organic cotton underwear. And that's yes. fine. But I think the nicest thing for me most recently was it was my birthday earlier in the week. And um, the number of sustainable gifts that I got without oh. nag too much. And apparently my husband got it completely in the neck because he went out to buy wrapping paper and was told categorically it had to be brown recyclable paper. There was not going to be any glitter on anything at all by my kids. So, so that I felt suddenly realised, yeah, they do listen sometimes. So that's good. They do listen sometimes. That's all we can hope for, I think. <laughs> Achievement. Yeah. Um, Diane, how about you? How has your partner reacted? Um, it's it's been okay. When I've when I've mentioned I'm going to start making some changes, his his first reaction is, "Do I have to do anything?" <laughs> nope, you don't have to do anything. I'll do it. He did have a bit of an issue when I said I was going to start using vinegar spray. Right. In the bathroom, he's like, "I don't want the house smelling like a chippy." Mm. And this and the other. So I said to him, I was "Like, well, when you clean the bathroom, you can use whatever cleaning products you want to." So needless to say, we use vinegar spray in the bathroom. <laughs> and that's it. I did have, it was quite a lovely one. I did Plastic Free July with you mm. in that group. And every day I posted one of the plastic free changes that I'd made online. And mm. Anthony's become a lot more conscious of, of his waste now. But oh, yeah. at the end of that month, I went round to my mum and dad's house. And they're not on Facebook. And one of their friends, who's one of my friends on Facebook, had told them what I was doing. And my dad said, I've heard about all your eco efforts and I've heard you trying to, you know, you're reducing the amount of plastic and stuff. And I just wanted to tell you, I'm really, really proud of you. Oh, did you cry? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, you know, I always thought my parents were just tight and, you know, a bit cheap when we were growing up. Didn't realise they were doing it for, for these sort of reasons. Oh, man, and so they've been kind of doing that and modelling it and almost maybe gone too far the other way like Helen says she's sort of done it and not really talked about it so maybe you know we do need to talk about it a bit as well so that we're um yeah, explaining to our kids why we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise they just think you're being cheap <laughs> which isn't fair when they've got everybody going oh look at this designer whatnot my mummy got me yes yeah yeah so um for you you said the thing that sort of you know your eco epiphany was seeing these adverts from moon cup and that was one of your first steps but what else has sort of helped you to to get started there any any resources or anything like that that you've used that have sort of kept you going and helped you um helped you make these changes well sustainable-ish was sort of the first landing page oh. so i've made the most of that i got your book um i joined your facebook communities and- i didn't pay her to say this everybody no. <laughs> um, and it's on my kindle otherwise i would have had it with me oh. <laughs> Um, but I found as well um, with things like, you know, all the videos you see on social media of mm. like the, the turtles with the, the straws. Yes, yeah. If you read the comment sections on them, it's all full of people saying like, oh, humans don't deserve this planet and blah, blah, blah. And there's no point trying to do anything. It's already right. all ruined. So what I've done is found people that inspire me to follow on mm-hmm. social media. So Chris Packham um, and his 
enthusiasm for nature is mm. infectious and it makes you feel really positive about it and like you're doing the right thing. Um, and Dale Vince as well, who's recently yeah. done Sky Diamonds. He's the founder of um, Ecotricity, isn't he? Ecotricity, yeah. And he's made diamonds out of the sky. That's mad, and isn't it? it? It's insane. But if you follow people who are doing positive changes and not just trying to beat everyone with the green yes. stuff. Yes. It really keeps you motivated. I think well, I'm on the right track. I'm, I'm doing some good and I can keep up with it. Yeah. And I talk a lot about that sort of big green judgy stick. And I, I think it puts a lot of people off, doesn't it? That you're, you might go into a group and say, oh, I'm, I'm just trying this. Or like you say, you might go in and say, oh, I've just ordered like who gives a crap toilet roll. And then you get all these people jumping on you and going. And I think that's really, really off putting and puts a lot of people off. And they just think, oh, well, OK, well, I'm just going to slink away because I can't do right for doing wrong. So I love that about following really positive people and, and finding the things that, that you care about that resonate as well. Jane, how about you? Have you found what sort of helped you you get started and what motivates you to keeping going? Well, I have to, and, and I'm not copying Diane completely and I'm not sucking up, but I have to say, you know, my New Year's resolution for 2020 was to be greener. And then I go into uh, High Street Reet Bookstore and um, there on the stand is the Sustainability Living Guide. And so I go, well, that's, that's what I need to buy. And then suddenly I'm sucked into this world of... <laughs> no escape groups facebook pages that lead you on it is so the book yes that started me off but it is also not just the sustainable community on facebook but other social media Mm. things yes following people who are doing something positive rather than just moaning about what people aren't doing yes the positivity is the thing that keeps you going finding like minds is is yes yeah 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 and it's interesting isn't it that we have this a lot of the time we view social media as a very um, sort of negative thing. But actually, I think, you know, this is one of the situations where it can really be a force for good and where it really does allow us to amplify the changes that we're making. And like you said, to connect with people, because sometimes it's really lonely. If we're the only one that we know making these changes and the rest of the family aren't really that on board, it can feel like you're a bit of a weirdo and a bit lonely. And to be able to connect with other people and to to find out there's other people doing these things as well is really um, heartening, I think. Um, Helen, what about you? Have you found anything that um, keeps you going? Um, yeah, I'm trying not to. It sounds like the Jen, the Jen <laughs> fan club here. Um, now, what I really loved about your book, Jen, which I was on my Christmas list last year or my birthday list, my birthdays in January. What I really liked is it gave you a fr- it gives you a framework, and it gives you a checklist, and you can pick things um, and and kind of make little changes. I find trying to do everything at once mm. really overwhelming. And the ability to break it down into smaller tasks um, really helps. So that's I really liked your book for that reason. And yeah, the the knackered mum's eco tour and the group I find them really useful. But you know, the the group it's nice, it's small, and everyone's supportive. You know, the positivity is so important. Mm. You, you've got to feel like you're going to make a difference. Yeah, you've got to believe that ultimately. And it's a really lovely group for that. And your little messages where it's like, what are you going to do this week? And it's like, oh, it's, um, but it's not, it's not pressurised. You know, I, I feel that I could, you know, let that drift by me if mm. I wanted to, but actually it's really helpful to go, right, what can I do this week? Yeah. Um, and then writing it down mm. in a kind of semi-public place just means it's more likely to get done. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that accountability, Mm. I'm the sort of person who, you know, unless I've got a deadline or unless I've got, you know, nothing gets done. I was one of those people who'd be up, you know, eyes bleeding, revising for exams and that sort of thing. 
Whereas now I'm saying to my 12 year old, like, have you done your homework? Do it when it gets set. Don't leave it till the last minute. But yeah, and I find that that accountability, those sort of gentle nudges and things, they're the sorts of things that, you know, I always say, like, you know, if I'm if I was trying to get fit, well, probably I should be trying to get fit. Uh, you know, I'm much more likely to meet up with a friend to go for a run than I am to sort of kick myself out of bed and go for a run on my own. So I think all those kinds of things are really, really helpful. And I think, you know, find your tribe. It doesn't have to be my tribe. Pe- Ge- Georgina's got amazing groups on, uh, you know, Pebble and all those sorts of things. So find your tribe, find the people that resonate with you um, and take what you what you sort of need from that. Because, uh, you know, when these a lot of these social media groups, you know, there'll be things that you don't agree with and whatever, and that's fine. Just kind of scroll on by and, and take the things that you need and, and kind of leave the things that you don't. Have you got, I'm going to put you all on the spot here, a top tip or a couple of top tips for anyone wanting to get started? Jane, I'm going to come to you first. Um, my top tip would be take the low-hanging fruit. Because mm. the, then you feel you're achieving something. And don't try and do everything all at once because yeah. every single thing you do, even if it's swapping out meat one day a week or something like that, it will have an impact. Um, so, yeah, don't beat yourself up. Do the little things first and then the big things will follow on. Love that. Love that. Diane, how about you? Uh, remember that the most sustainable item for what you're going to do is the thing that you've already got. Yeah. You need to go out and buy all brand new, everything made of bamboo to be a, a, an equal person use what you've already got um, and when you are going shopping when you do actually need to buy something work out what your values are and work out what the most mm. important thing to you is otherwise you could end up crying in tesco's over a bag of sugar <laughs> because you don't know whether fair trade's more important than locally grown and plastic versus paper packaging you've so- been watching me do my shopping diet <laughs> <laughs> i've been there <laughs> <laughs> Define what is the most important thing to you first. And yeah. there's no right or wrong with that. Yeah. It's it's what's most important to you and, and work off that sort of criteria list. Definitely. Helen, this is really mean coming to you last now because they've <laughs> probably all stolen your top tips. How are you? How about yours? Yeah, it's the one small thing. Just um just break it down so that the thing you've got to do is so small that you almost can't not do it. Yeah. And, you know, that thing you were saying about making a decision, you know, you don't know what's right or anything. Just do it. Just pick one. Yes. Because it's better to do that than nothing at all. Better to do something than nothing. Then you've you've got got over that hurdle of doing nothing. um, And then you can reflect on it and, and find out a bit more. Yeah. My last question was going to be any sort of useful resources or websites or books that you'd recommend. And you've already, so we've already covered that a little bit. So now we're going to say that you're not allowed to mention any of this sounds really wanky any of my stuff um is there any is there any is there any other stuff you'd recommend <laughs> I didn't mean that like that at all um is there is there a, you know a useful kind of go-to place that you, you'd point people to and um, Helen how about you have you found anywhere that's really useful a couple of places um so a greener life by B um that's oh, my friend um, she writes a blog she's the friend that kind of went full-on no plastic for January oh um, yeah she, she's pragmatic and her, her, her photography skills are just amazing so you know when she does blog it's beautiful oh wow and she's really good at making eco stuff like look really good there's no compromise on quality or oh, wow. things looking pretty and stuff um, that's a greener life by B Yes. Is that B-E-A? Um, uh, B, just the letter B. Oh, B, brilliant. Yep, the green letter B. And actually the council websites for, wow. um, like, when, you know, what you can put in your recycling bins and stuff like that. I have often go back to those. Just 
Yeah, because I think we all sort of think we know or we guess what we can put in the recycling bin and then actually going back and periodically checking because it does change quite a lot. Um, yeah. That's really, really useful. No, brilliant. Great reminder. Thank you. Um, Jane, how about you? Um, I'm going to put a big shout out for Geeky, the Geeky yes. website. Love it because it measures your progress and you get that little bit of thrill where you go, oh, yes, I have not eaten meat this week. Mm. I will click. And suddenly you see your carbon footprint going down and your score going up. And you get the confetti. Yeah, and, and all those things work for me. I'm, yeah. I'm, still a, I'm still a, you know, girl guide that wants the badges. So yes. yeah, I love it. And, and you can see that you're making progress and it's just that little bit of confirmation that the effort's not wasted. It's making Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Brilliant. Big you. Diane, left you till last, which is mean. That's fine. Um, I love my email from Pebble Magazine on a Friday. Yes. All the articles of um, stylish things. Oh, I know. The lust list. Yeah. Um, and they've got articles on making your own products as well, like mm-hmm. denials and things. That's fab. Um, I also like um, My Green Pod. Yes. That's a good one. And Ethical Consumer. Mm, I was going to say, I was going to mention Ethical Consumer, especially for things like, you know, banks, savings. They they are so thorough aren't they in their investigation I'm always like oh my god I could never be this um this thorough about it but they are they dive so deep into all these things and it's so useful to have those so if people are looking for a you know a Christmas um, present suggestion um a subscription for that is just brilliant I love getting it um through the post and being able to look on the website and get access to all that information and things I think it's really really useful amazing guys thank you so much you've been absolutely wonderful i hope everybody's enjoyed this i've just had a quick look and there's no questions that i can see in the q a overall would you say this is such a um a lo- not a loaded question a leading question would you say it's been a positive experience for you making sort of sustainable-ish changes do you because you know often it can feel hard we put things in our too difficult box do you think that the benefits have outweighed the extra time the extra headspace all those sorts of things um Diane how do you feel about it I feel so much better I've, I feel like I've spent the last 15 years as a grown-up completely lost I know I'm, I'm finally sort of this is a bit more me, this sort of earth mother, you know, <laughs> eco warrior, queen, <laughs> all that malarkey. I feel like this this fits my personality. You found um, your thing. Yeah, I've, I've really found my thing and I'm quite comfortable and quite confident with it. I've tried, you know, um, the career stuff and that didn't really work. Um, <laughs> you know, stylish clothes and looking the part and all that kind of thing. And actually just living a sustainable life is is what makes me happy amazing jane beat that <laughs> you can't beat that and, and i know i've got the, the sunlight coming across my face now so it's like i've suddenly got this epiphany and everything. yes i actually find living sustainably and sim- more simply easier less stress just generally i mean uh, there has been a pandemic which has helped so that's not, <laughs> i wasn't going out anywhere to make life complicated but generally yes it has been worthwhile because a lot of the changes have made life simpler rather than more complicated mm. that's um that's really encouraging i think for all those people who are uh, you know i think we're all looking to slow down a little bit or try and slow down a little bit aren't we and hopefully this gives us a little bit of a of a nudge um helen over to you for the last word no pressure <laughs> I think um, I'm not one for just sitting there and worrying about stuff. And I think if we think about climate change, then we can really worry about mm. everything. And I think you've got to stick with what 
you can change and what you can control. And so if you can focus on the little changes that you can make, then that kind of almost make can make you forget about everything else. So it's making changes helps me cope generally. So that's important amazing i love that um so it doesn't look like we've got any questions but what i'd um love to encourage everybody whether you're watching live or you're watching on the um on the replay is just to to think about one thing that you're going to change as a result of of listening to these amazing you're probably going to get not amazing but you are you are you are amazing and you're doing amazing things and the fact that you're stepping up and i just really hope it shows everyone that we don't have to be greta we don't have to be david attenborough we don't have to be you know chris packham or any you know we, we can just we really can make a change and we really can make a difference in our own lives and and for the future as well which is kind of the whole theme of the festival so a huge huge thank you to you for joining me and for all I know well, you've inspired me listening so I hope you've inspired everybody else as well and um thank you so much and we've four minutes short of an hour I think we deserve a, a round of applause for that and everybody can go off and have um a nice cup of tea maybe even a Bailey's Diane if you're feeling a bit crazy um <laughs> it's, it's and, still light outside <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Thank you to everybody who's um, listened and tuned in. And if you're watching uh, watching or listening on the recording, thank you. And uh, enjoy the rest of the festival. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small, every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. <laughs>